Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is the midweek edition Wednesday show. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And uh, filling in the role as my special guest co-host for today, uh, it is a traditional BTS Wednesday. Billy Talks Sports. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser wearing his Seattle Kraken shirt. Uh, it is a relative uniform for you now here um, at, at this time of the year. Uh, you have been on the, the Kraken bandwagon uh, about as long as the Denver Nuggets bandwagon. Billy, it's good to have you. Yeah, man. Good to be here. BTS Wednesday. I've been kind of in on Mondays the last couple of weeks, so good to get back to a normal routine and do our thing on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And I know one of the things you want to do is um, I'm going to give you the floor here a little bit. I'm going to at least open the door for you uh, to talk a little trash. Uh, because Me? Uh, Yeah. Yes, yes. You, no. Because you took quite a bit of pleasure in the fact that uh, LeBron and the Lakers got swept out of the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals by the Denver Nuggets, who somehow suddenly have become your team. You are uh, you are now the official Nikola Jokic uh, fan club president uh, for great reason. This guy is unbelievable. He's awesome. The, the Where we uh, hit a sort of disagreement on the Nuggets was when you said that you felt like them winning a championship would be an incredible story. And I just kind of disagreed with that. Like, I mean, it, it would be Denver winning a championship, but I don't really know what like the the really impactful or compelling storyline is in that. That's where we disagreed. It wasn't a, a denial of of their ability to win a championship or just how great Nikola Jokic or you know the Nuggets in general are. Uh, but you know me, I ride hard for uh, LeBron James, and uh, and so here you go, Billy. Let me have it. <laughs> I was actually had a lot planned for this, but uh, honestly, man, you know, you're my friend, and I'm kind of feeling sorry for you. I know how tough it was, but this is a great story because I want to go to about this being a great story. This is a great story because Nikola Jokic, if, if, if people didn't know, and I think there's probably a lot of people who haven't probably seen a whole lot of him in their lifetimes that were tuning in for the first time. It's the Western Conference Finals. This is when, like, your normal, your friend that doesn't follow sports a lot might start watching some basketball. An incredible performance by him, extinguishing the Lakers in four games. I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves at least won a game against the Nuggets, and LeBron with Anthony Davis couldn't even win a game against the Nuggets. But this is about four Nikola Jokic. Games, we should competitive probably say. Really, they tried. Hey, they tried three. really hard, Kanoa. LeBron I mean, like, tried really hard, like half the time. Actually, all the games could have gone either way. Maybe with the exception, they could have. But three, no, I, this is time to appreciate Nikola Jokic, who, in my mind. I don't think there's any question. He is now officially, stamp on it, the best basketball player in the world with what he's done. They're four games away from the championship. They're going to be a huge favorite. And this is a guy, a two-time MVP, who I feel like was still being disrespected. People talked about, oh, he can't play defense. Yeah, ask Anthony Davis about the defense he was playing in that series. He stepped up. He is the best basketball player in the world. If you see these kind of videos and you know a little bit about him, you know that like being the star, he's like the last guy in the world that's going to want to be a star. You know that when he, if he finishes off this championship, Finals MVP, he's going to become kind of a little bit of a face of the league now. And that's not really what he wants to do. He wants to go back home and kind of, you know, work in the in the yard or some of those videos they've shown of him. He's just like this normal, regular kind of <laughs> fun guy. And he's going to get a chance to be the greatest basketball player in the world. I think it's really, really, really cool. It is, I mean, all right. It's a great story. We, we should we should focus a little bit on, on the Nuggets because we have. There's been a lot of talk because of LeBron, you know, being ambiguous about whether or not he was going to retire or at least, you know, oh. saying he was going to think about his 
future. Yeah, it's a little bit of a of a veteran move there, right? We've seen it on a, a bunch of other parts, like Aaron Rodgers annually, Tom Brady for a bunch of years. Um, and so, yeah, LeBron was kind of doing that thing. Uh, but it did take away, perhaps, of the, the discourse around the Denver Nuggets and exactly, like, what this team has accomplished. Getting to the finals for the first time ever. And, and you're right. I think Nikola Jokic is – I mean, he's got to be right there, right? I, 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 maybe the question should be, do you take him over – Giannis, do you take Nikola Jokic over Joel Embiid? I, I, you could argue. I mean, those are the last three players to win MVPs, right? Giannis twice, Joker twice, and Joel Embiid this season. And I think that most everyone would agree that they've probably been the three best players in the NBA, which is kind of a remarkable thing considering that they're all three international players, right? But that's kind of part of the problem that we're facing now with the NBA. We talk so much about the regular season problem. And how there is this uh, appearance that the regular season just doesn't really matter. Uh, and, and I think the Miami Heat are almost like the embodiment of that, right? Like proving, yeah, you know, load management and, you know, mailing it in at least, quote unquote, so to speak, throughout the regular season doesn't mean jack because you can be the eighth seed and you can still be on the precipice of getting to the NBA finals if you put it together in the postseason. The other issue that the NBA has, and this is something that J.J. Redick talked about the other day, uh, is the marketing of some of these international players, right? And some of these other players who you would suggest are maybe ancillary to the main characters of, you know, LeBron James or, you know, Ja Morant or some of these other superstar players uh, that are in the league that are a little bit more traditional in the sense that they're from the United States and they're just, you know, a little bit more the the prototype superstars. Uh, And the NBA has to find a way to somehow change that they have to somehow change the dynamic where international players especially when they're so dominant in this iteration of the game of basketball they need to find a way to be able to market them better whether it's more prime time you know national television network appearances or or other means of marketing and campaigning on behalf of these guys Uh, because you're right a guy as good as Nikola Jokic as proven as he is probably shouldn't be a guy that Lisa Salters, of all people, is like, oh, yeah, he's actually really, really good oh. now that we've seen him up close for the first time. What? <laughs> that was amazing. No, but I think I think this is his time. I think Jokic is the kind of guy, if you watch him play, and I don't know if it was just my Denver-colored uh, glasses that I was wearing this season, but, like... <laughs> you just bought those. Yeah, exactly. But, they, yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, like, like, just watching him, he is so different. He's so, like... The average kind of run-in-the-mill guy like this, not very athletic, not like, you know, a lot of times when, you know, you watch basketball, you're like, yeah, these guys are just so athletic and so fast or whatever, I can never do that, blah, blah, blah. But he's almost like the common man's guy, like the guy that just goes out there and throws himself into people, all these hook shots, your favorite shot, the uh, turnaround, like soccer-style throw-in three-pointer with one second on the shot clock that goes in that I know you love. He had like a half dozen of those against the Lakers. Oh, I could hear you yelling from wherever you were when I was watching the game (laughs) and seeing that. But uh, just, I mean, this is a guy now that... We have to remember, like, he had won two MVPs, and he was there to kind of win a third. And I think what Denver did, I think what he did is I don't think the MVP mattered to him, and Embiid kind of stole it at the end because I think they already pretty much knew where they were going to be in the playoffs. And I just don't think he really went for it and got ready for the playoffs and has now done what he's needed to do in the playoffs to put him in position where I think you can market this guy. I think he's the kind of guy that a lot of casual fans might just be like, how does he do do this? Who is this guy? I've never seen anyone play like this because – if you really think about it, like what 
What is the comp? Like, does he have a comp? Like, uh, yeah, no, I, I would say the closest thing that I can think of, and we always do this weird thing, right, where we only compare, like, white guys to white guys, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's like, that's kind of a weird thing. Uh, but there, there is, and, and maybe this is also an international uh, characteristic uh, comparison, but I look at him as almost being, like, Arvidas Sabonis if Arvidas could, like, lead a break. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he, he has, move. He has that, like, passing ability. He's huge, big body, not at all, like, ripped or shredded. Right, I think Dan Lebitard's always compared Nikola Jokic to just like a loaf of bread with arms and legs. He's always got these weird cuts on his arms. Like, I don't know what happened, you know. And the, but but I think that would be a comp for me. Is 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 he's almost like a cross between like Arvidas Sabonis and Larry Bird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two white guys. Yeah, there you exactly. go. That's how you do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I guess yeah, I can sort of see that. But I just the the, the point being is just he is this. Actually, I really like that. That was a pretty. I just came up with that just now. I think I like that little comp. That is pretty. Yeah. Way to pat yourself on the back. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, no, just like. But he enough is, about me. Yeah, what yeah, do yeah. you think can about we, my? Comp? Can we go back to All the right, best sorry, sorry, in the world? Sorry. No, but just that the, his uniqueness, and I don't know, like he just seems like a guy that, to me, a casual. Fan is not a not a like fan who just used to, you're just used to see these guys run up and down dunk 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 three three three. He just plays the game so differently, and I don't know. Like I said, if it's just me kind of rooting for the Nuggets in the series, but just it's such a, a great style of basketball that's just a totally different way of playing the game that I wasn't sure somebody like that could dominate the NBA game the way it's played in 2023, and he's clearly clearly doing that right now so if you had a pick of anybody that's currently in the league like you could pick lebron steph uh ja like luca anybody in the league um are you taking nikola Jokic first if you are starting a team of current nba players as like just like for the future like we're talking like one yeah year? like you're building a team like yeah yeah how about how about for one year you're building a team to win yes. next season you're yes. taking nikola i think i'm taking over Giannis. yes yes i think i think i mean this I mean, this year proves it. Coming out of the West, I mean, that Lakers team, uh, we can talk about a little bit, but they played really well. Like, I'm not going to, like, joke around. They played really, really <laughs> good and got swept. They got swept by this team. He led a sweep of these guys. Like, to me, he is on top of the world right now. He's the best basketball player. You cannot stop him. He changes the game. Obviously, he's got some good players around him. But, yes, right now, I think I'm taking Jokic number one. I think I'm probably still going with Giannis. Um but then you're right. Like now, now you're kind of um, uh, you're in a great situation if you go with either one of those guys. But how crazy is that, right? Because you know there are still going to be some people that maybe suggest that the conversation should include some some other individuals, some other names. You know, Jimmy Butler's getting a whole lot of love now for real good reasons, at least in the postseason, right? Steph is still very much at the height of his game. Uh, but you have to agree, I would imagine most people would have to that the last three players, as mentioned, to win MVP awards have been the best three players in basketball for a good half a decade or more now. And and those are all three international players. And that is a game changer. Like, we are seeing an evolution of the game, not only stylistically, but even geographically. Things have shifted. Not shifting. Things have shifted. And here we are in this new modern era. 100%. And if you just look at some of these stats, and this, this isn't Russell Westbrook triple doubles. This is... You know, triple doubles, 34, 21, and 14 in game one, 23, 17, and two in game two, and then 30, 14, and three in game three, shooting 50%. He's efficient. And look, the way he plays, when he has, if he has guys around him where that, when he gets the ball on the top and he's, and he's dribbling the ball down and they run that rub screen off him for those guards that can come around, you cannot stop that. Those guys are going to get wide open shots every time. I mean, it's just, there is, I just don't feel like, I mean, even Giannis, you know, he's great in everything as he is, but like, you know, sometimes he can struggle with the jump shot just, 
the way this guy plays, I feel like with, and it also helps to maybe have the people around him. But just through him, they're playing an unstoppable uh, a form of basketball right now. I do not think you can slow down this offensive at all, and, and it's all because of him. And that's why I think I would take him. So from a marketing standpoint, is is this is this something that the NBA? Uh, you, you mentioned you felt like they can more properly uh, market this guy, that he is marketable. And, and I would agree with that. My issue would be a question of, is the fan base ready, the, the, the mass fan base here in the United States ready to accept and ingratiate themselves to uh, a superstar who comes from elsewhere, right? We tend to be fairly nationalistic, dare we I do. say even jingoistic, in uh, the, the fandom stylings of how we consume sports here uh, in this country. And, and that is a knock on fans here. I don't think we're very open-minded to understanding people who come from elsewhere who don't fit this previously established prototype of what we view a professional athlete star to be. And so that would be where my question is, like, can the United States fan base, right, which is one of the major drivers certainly still for the NBA and other professional leagues here, um, can they get around to accepting uh, Nikola Jokic as being the uber mega star that he should be. Well, I mean, he's not he's obviously not going to be like Michael Jordan or LeBron James or anything like that, but I do think they can do some things because if you see some of these uh, uh Denver videos that they put out there where they basically make fun of him because this guy really doesn't know anything. Like he doesn't listen to music, he doesn't, you know, I, I don't even know if he dresses himself. I have no idea. Like this is basically a guy that he leaves, he goes back to his home country and is out there doing whatever outside or whatever, not paying attention to anything and then he comes over here and plays basketball and that's it. And there's just a level of like um like just not just being such a different character that I think you can kind of make fun of a little bit. And the Nuggets do a good job of putting out these things where they do like game shows and they have him ask him simple questions, you know, like what what song is this? And it's like, you know, Michael Jackson's like song or whatever. He has no, like he literally doesn't know anything. So I think there's ways you can kind of make him this like lovable, big kind of teddy bear guy that also goes out and dominates on the basketball court. But yeah, obviously it's a little bit different when it's a, a European guy and it's a guy like him. But I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, should we even let that take away at all from who he is on a basketball no. Court, You're and, right. and right now, what he's doing on a basketball court is absolutely incredible. We could also just get his brothers to intimidate everybody into loving him. <laughs> oh, right? I saw them pick up. I think they saw the video of him picking up Mike Malone, and I was worried they were going to kill the guy. <laughs> yeah. They were just basically throwing him around like yeah. a rag doll. Those dudes uh, do not look <laughs> to be the kind of guys to bleep with. Uh, no. That's for sure. All right. Uh, Billy Hall is in the house. Uh, we're going to take a break, but uh, very excited because some breaking news that was announced today. Uh, Jesse Nakanishi has been named the new head coach for the Hawaii Pacific University men's basketball program, and he is going to join us on the other side uh, to talk about uh, what has been a well-deserved long journey for sure for him but a well-deserved destination to finally get a college head coaching gig and he gets to do so uh, at the place that he served as an assistant in two different stints also former director of operations at the university of hawaii so jesse nakanishi to join us when we come back What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Konoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is my guest co-host for the day. And uh, this morning was greeted with some uh, breaking news regarding the coaching vacancy for the Hawaii Pacific University men's basketball program. Uh, and some really good news on the backside of that because uh, Jesse Nakanishi, who was a longtime assistant in two different stints with HPU, former director of operations at Seattle U, as well as the University of Hawaii, and a uh, multiple-time state champion head coach at Kamehameha. Uh, he is now the new head coach for the HPU Sharks basketball program. Jesse joins us 
now via uh, the Aloha Kia hotline. Jesse, first off, congratulations and welcome to the show. I uh, appreciate it, Kanoa. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, how's it feeling? How's it settling in? This has been uh, a head coaching opportunity that has been a long time coming at the collegiate level for you. Yeah, you know, it's been it, it, 100% definitely surreal still that it's actually happening and something I had, you know, set out to at the beginning of my career that I knew I wanted to be a head coach one day and it's actually happening so I'm very thankful honored and don't take it lightly of this opportunity for sure yeah what are you adopting here you have uh, coached uh, a couple of times as mentioned uh, under Darren Vorderberge uh, who stepped down uh, re- previously from his head coaching position uh, at HPU uh, so you're familiar obviously with the program that he ran you're familiar with the program in general what do you feel like you are absorbing or inheriting uh, here as you get started in your head coaching career yeah for sure you know first of all I coach B is just you know big shoes to fill of course and he's just been my mentor from day one and opened the door after I left KS in high school coaching wanted to coach collegiately and and he provided an opportunity for me and I'm forever thankful and just been able to learn under his tutelage and you know, he allowed me to make so many mistakes along the way and just got to learn from him and, of course, from other coaches and assistants along my stops. But, you know, Coach V just, he's all about culture. And, you know, that's what, really what I learned a lot from him. And um, I think that's why we were able to just grow the program together in my first stint and, you know, kind of reach the pinnacle a little bit when we kind of broke through and won and won the league and whatnot. But definitely – adopting some of the culture and even growing that culture to another level um you know along the way you just i would do that i wouldn't do that if i if and when i'm a head coach and you know now you now you really get that opportunity so it's exciting hey what's up jesse uh i remember covering you when you were coaching the command man you kind of had that run of a couple state championships i want to say you guys were in the state final three years in a row and then you decided to kind of make the move to hpu and kind of start the college thing what what at that point made you decide you know what the high school thing has been fun, but I'm going to start kind of reaching out and try to take it to, to the collegiate level. Yeah, you know, just it goes even further back, you know, just falling in love with, with coaching and, and impacting young young lives and trying to make a difference using basketball. I don't take that lightly either and um, just being able to use some of my experiences. So going along through those years at KS and finally breaking through and, you know, winning a little bit and just – uh, I felt it along the way that I wanted to do it 12 months a year and full-time and make a career out of it. And that's pretty much what, what prompted that. And But I wasn't going to leave until we won. So finally broke through. And uh, kind of same thing at, at HPU, you know, we, same thing. Build a program, build a program, break through, and, okay, what's next? And I knew I, I did want to be a head coach and, so that's why I left to try the Division One route and get more experience and learn how to run a program from all angles out, yeah. out, outside the court. Just, you know, fundraising and community service and marketing and academic oversight, you name it, just running a program. I really got so much experience and so thankful to, um, you know, coaches at Seattle and, and around at, at UH. So I'm very thankful for that. And now I get to put it all together. Yeah, I was going to say, then you go to Seattle for one year. I was I was born up there in Seattle, so I know a little bit about okay. it. Was it the rain? Was it just too much? I mean, only <laughs> one year and you had to get out of there? You can be honest. Uh, no, I'm, I'm so thankful to Coach, Coach Hayford up there and Coach Vic up there. And I just, 
you know, the same position kind of opened up back home with, with UH after a year. And I'm, I'm born and raised Hawaii guy, and I love UH. And, you know, it was an opportunity to get on that staff and be closer to family and, you know, work for the school that I, I loved and watched growing up. And so I made that move back home and set me up for this one, lo and behold. Talking with Jesse Nakanishi, uh, he joins us via the Aloha Kia hotline, the newly named head coach for the Hawaii Pacific University men's basketball team. Uh, you talk about those different stops, and you talk about looking at the game from different perspectives. You had to exhibit a lot of patience, my man. Uh, I, I know that for sure. I, I know you personally. I know how long you sort of had to bide your time. Um, was there any moment sort of along the way, and, and you're still kind of a young guy, let's put it that way, but was <laughs> there any sort of moment along the way where you were thinking like, ah, this isn't exactly accelerating at the speed that I was hoping for? Yeah, no doubt. I'm a human being and we all have that instant gratification thing we always look for and want and desire, but uh, definitely had to exhibit some patience, but, you know, really reflecting back and, and looking back, uh, I am who I am because of those experiences and, you know, definitely trying the Division One staff and not being in a in a totally centered assistant coach role and not being in the trenches with the guys really it was great but you know it ate at my soul not being able to coach directly mm -hmm. and but you know I was able to learn so much more that I wouldn't be who I am without that experience and so very thankful and but yeah definitely uh there, there's been some trying times some highs and lows for sure but off Always meant to be, right? That's right. That's right. Everything uh, tends to happen a certain way, and, and here you are now as head coach at Hawaii Pacific University. What is challenge number one? What is sort of assignment number one for you here as you now take the reins? Yeah, you know, we, we've been – I, I want to give a shout-out to my assistant, Cam, Cameron Flabell, and, you know, when – and and our – their, um, athletic director, Dr. Snell, gave me the opportunity to be the interim right now as they went through this search, and I really was able to still recruit as the head coach, oh, and, wow. you know, we hit the ground hard and put everything aside, and, you know, we do spring workouts with our guys, and then we're just recruiting all day, every day over the phones, and we hit it hard, and it's been an amazing situation now. We finished recruiting in May. That, that never, ever happened in my career. And we got some guys I'm extremely excited about, but it is a new team. You know, we got some returners for sure that will play key parts, but we're bringing in 10 new guys. Wow. Um, so putting it all together and at division two, we don't, we don't get the summer with them. So, you know, they're coming in in September and first game is in November and you only get four hours a week at the beginning of September. So it's not much time, but we're going to put it all together. And so that that's the main challenge for sure is, putting all these personalities and, and people from different ways of life and um, experiences and getting them to buy into the culture that I'm promoting here. We're talking with Jesse Nakanishi. Earlier today it was announced by Hawaii Pacific University that he is the new head coach of the men's basketball program. That's interesting. You have been able to uh, still kind of lay some foundational roots there despite the fact that the official announcement was made today. So uh, that's pretty cool. And I know you got, if you don't mind me saying, a lot of really positive things happening uh, in your life across the board. <laughs> you know, you have this announcement. Uh, if you don't mind me saying, I know you recently got engaged. And uh, dang, you busting right now, Jesse Nakanishi. <laughs> Well, I'm more engaged. I sealed the deal a few days ago. Oh, okay. So Congratulations. Yeah, it's been quite a quite a few days. I guess good things happen in bunches. So, 
Um, let's see what let's see what the third one might be. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, we will wait and see. I know about that. Um, as you take over, that's really great. Congratulations. Yeah. As you take over uh, for uh, as the head coach uh, at the at the at the collegiate level, um, and you look back on your time as a head coach uh, at Kamehameha, um, how mm-hmm. do you anticipate those things being different? You've obviously seen the college game from up close, but now with this mm-hmm. being your program and you about to levy your style and culture onto this program. What do you expect the main differences to be? Well, yeah, again, through my experiences, I mean, at the collegiate level, you get to choose your players, and you're responsible for who you bring in. And at, you know, at the high school level, you get dealt the cards, and you make it work, and you put it all together. So that's obviously the, the, the huge difference between college and, and KS. But make no mistake, man, it's all about relationships, and that's how you build the program, and invest in a person and they want to invest back in you and that, that's for your players and recruits and admin and faculty and donors and you know that so that's my philosophy just put in for other people and they'll give back to you yeah real quick i want to ask you i think you can talk about now because i believe these players have signed don't let me get into trouble or anything but uh <laughs> um i know you had a transfer from st mary's uh, uh matt van mm-hmm. coleman seven foot four center um, I think you had another guy from Nicholas State. Just can you talk a little bit about the guys specifically you have coming in and kind of what you're hoping for them? Yeah, cut me off if I run out of time because I got a lot to go through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, we're, we're we're so excited, man. This, yeah, Matt Van Komen, you know, he's. I mean, you heard about that uh, that Harvard kid, Seth Towns, being an eight year guy, but Matt Van Komen <laughs> could be on pace for seven years. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But he is actually—he just had a run of bad luck. He's had a couple significant injuries, but close to almost 100% right now. He's been the healthiest he's been in three years, and you know we went all in on him. And um, just—he's seven four, and he's not a big stiff by any stretch. He can—he can roll hard. He got back to the basket moves, and he's going to be a problem for sure for other teams. And I—I uh, I just man, we can play inside out on him, and he's going to. Anchor our defense for sure. Um, so yeah, we get to reap the benefits of this kid. It was a four-star athlete coming out of high school, went to Utah, and then three three years under Randy Bennett at St. Mary's, and we now get to reap all those benefits of his hard work there. So that's exciting. Yeah, that is um, that then, is really great. Uh, keep, continue, yeah. please. Oh, uh, you're good. And then yeah, Tyrese at Nickel State. Just you know, you can't just go after you know your 13. 30-point-a-game guys that you think you're going to get. you got to get your glue guys in there, and that's what, what he is. He just brings such leadership, just winning pedigree, just two championships at Nichols. And, you know, yeah, but don't get me wrong, he's a really good player and a defensive stopper. So just your, your glue guy, I'd say. And then Charlie at uh, East Tennessee State, and he's he had a concussion, so it was out this year. But he's super skilled and physical and got great touch around the rim and can stretch it. So, yeah, just – Three D one guys we're bringing in, and we got a couple of uh, three junior college kids. Um, two are all conference guys, and our point guard Miles Lewis and Josh Musulu. We got a uh, our first Samoan coming to town here. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he went to Ohlone College in California, and you know he's a great scorer as well. And so yeah, we got some good pieces, and uh, we kept we brought along a couple of local products. Um, Justin Yap and Jay Markson to add to the mix, and we've got a our last 
kid is about to sign, so yeah, I can't talk about him, but he's a freshman from Slovenia that we're excited about. Yeah, yeah. Hey, pump well, the brakes there. Pump the brakes <laughs> there, all right? Yeah. We don't want you getting in trouble. trouble. It's like your first day on the job. He's had a really good week. <laughs> okay, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, perhaps the most exciting one is actually a returner, Melo Sanchez. He was in the portal and was going to go Division One after an incredible freshman year here. Shot 51% from three in league and just, again, all about relationships and just talking through it with him. He's recently decided to come back, so um, that might be some breaking news. But he's uh, we're excited about that, so that'll be a big piece returning. So. Oh, man. Yeah, a lot of good things happening. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, exciting times uh, with my alma mater, by the way, Hawaii Pacific University, and this uh, men's basketball Sharks program with new head coach Jesse Nakanishi. And congratulations to you on a number of fronts. Uh, you have taken on a couple of really big-time roles here uh, in the last week, and uh, we wish you the best uh, with, with both of those and uh, more success to you in the future. Jesse, couldn't be prouder of you, man. Uh, really, really stoked for you and excited uh, for the future of HPU Hoops. I can't thank you enough as well, Kanoa. Thank you. All right. Take care, man. Jesse Nakanishi, head coach for the Hawaii Pacific University men's basketball program. And what? breaking news on the recruiting front. And then breaking news, I guess he just did the thing. He yeah, just did the thing. Tied the knot, did the thing. What a week. Good for him. I know. That is big time, man. Yeah. That is big time. Yeah, HPU hoops. I mean, it has an illustrious history, right? You go back to the Tony Salido days, and they're still the only men's college basketball program here in Hawaii to win a national championship. They did that in the NAIA back in 1993 under Tony Salido. And they've had some remarkable teams and players that have gone through through there. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's very exciting to kind of see now the baton being passed to this guy, this this local brother, Jesse Nakanishi, who now takes over the program. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a little thing called Would You Rather with my man Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Oh, it's going to get wild. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And uh, once again, a big mahalo to Jesse Nakanishi for joining us in that last segment, joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia salutes our military. See ya in a Kia. I got Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser here as my guest co-host for the day. It is a traditional BTS Wednesday, and we're going to do something we call Would You Rather? So here we go, Billy. All right. It is a 3-1 series in the Eastern Conference Finals. Would you rather see the Miami Heat win a fourth game in advance to the NBA Finals to play the Denver Nuggets? Or would you rather see the Boston Celtics somehow make a miraculous, uh, unprecedented comeback and play your beloved Nuggets in the NBA Finals? <laughs> oh, I'm never going to do that. You know, you're, you're, you're not. Oh, you're my not. goodness. I don't have a team. When they, they took <sighs> Seattle from me, so I get to do this. But do you were I kind of rooting for OKC this whole time until, I kinda, but like, know. they're never in the playoffs. Like, I want to have a little skin in the game. Can I just, they took my team, Kanoa. You have to at least feel for You don't a see bit. me rooting for a team that's not my absolute favorite. If what? I'm just totally kidding. Different. I obviously anyway, was. What I, was the I, I'm, I'm what obviously I was rooting for the Lakers because of LeBron, and I'm a Spurs fan, so I was just being uh, facetious. Anyway, who you'd rather see in the finals? You'd rather see the, oh. the Seas or the Heat? Um, well, as being someone who I listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, a devout <laughs> uh, Boston Celtics fan, it would be insufferable to hear him talk about this if they came back and won this series. And also, I like Jimmy Butler. I'm a big fan of Heat culture. Um, I. 
let's take care of it, Heat, get to the finals. We can have a little Jimmy Butler. I know a guy that you're saying is really stepping up to be one of the best players. I know you don't completely agree that, that the Joker is the best player in the NBA, so that would be a fun little matchup to see. And that would be pretty fun, yeah. Uh, I, I think that the, the Heat seem maybe a little bit more ready to provide a challenge to the Denver Nuggets than the Boston Celtics, who just kind of seem very random and erratic, and you don't know what you're going to get each game. And Jalen Brown has not been playing very well here this postseason. There is some speculation that he's banged up. But, uh, yeah, I just I feel like the Heat are just a little bit more formed uh, right now at this stage of the season. Which is just the most surprising right? thing ever. I mean, like three weeks ago they lost that playing like game complete at home. Role reversal. Like, what's going on? And now we're saying they're more ready to play in the finals than the Boston Celtics? Yeah. It's been a weird playoff. Yeah. Well, it just proves the regular season means zilch. All right, uh, next. Uh, by the way, I would also agree with you that the Heat uh, should be there. All right, would you rather watch a professional hockey game with Brooks Kepka, right, the PGA Championship winner for the third time, or Michael Block, the club oh. pro who hit a uh, dunking hole-in-one on the last par three uh, in the final round and uh, has just become kind of a, a golf hero to so many? Who would you rather go to a hockey game with? Brooks Kepka actually went to a Florida Panthers game. That's why. Yes, and, uh, yes, we did Boy, see. it looked like he was <laughs> having did. a good time. It did look like he was having a good time. No, this is, this is right up my alley. I watched the PGA Championship a lot, and the Michael Block story was amazing. I think I first only figured him out was he actually did one of those interviews during the round where they put the thing on, they talked to him, and I was like, who is this guy? And then you heard about his story. And then he actually, in a way, became more fascinating to watch than the race for who's going to win the tournament. I mean, there was this guy who, if he finished in the top 15, he was going to get his to be able to come back and play again next year. And then he hits a hole-in-one. Well, then then he gets told he's playing with Rory McIlroy yeah. on a Sunday in a major, which is crazy enough. Then he just sinks the hole-in-one straight into the cup, no bounce, no nothing. And then he has that up and down on 18 to finish in the top 15, which is like, I mean, even the pros were saying there was like a 40% chance they'd be able to do that. It was such an incredible story, and he seemed like such a cool guy. Yeah. And so I feel like I would pick him, but boy, Brooks looked like he was having a lot of fun. Can on. But Brooks's, uh, Brooks's uh, pupils were pretty dilated, 24 hours with Brooks Kepka <laughs> might get a little out of hand. So, you know, I'd be hard to turn that down is all I'm saying. And a chance, and you'd get a chance, and you get a chance to drink out of the trophy as well. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind pretty of a cool. big one for me too, you know. I mean, I've always, we've always wanted to drink out of the Stanley Cup, but uh, drinking out of the, what is it, the Wanamaker trophy is yeah, that what they call it? Like yeah, whatever that. that is. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun too. So, uh, tough, but I'm still a little young. I'll take uh, I'll take a night out with Brooksy. Yeah, I, I think I go Michael Block. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can handle the 24 hours with Brooks Kepka because how do you even last 24 hours? Hmm, what kind of things could you possibly add to the, the endeavor that will allow you to party for 24 hours? Why would your pupils be so dilated? Why would you look like you were, you know, snorting heat culture down there in Miami? Well, did you see him at the heat game the next day? <laughs> He looked a little tired. He, he, he didn't look little... quite the same as he did at the hockey game. <laughs> the eyes were a little more normal. Uh, that's for sure. No, I go Michael Block. I just think he does seem like a cool guy. He wasn't too proud or, or overly masculine to 100%. allow his emotions to take over for him. And how cool did Rory look, too? Gives him, like, the biggest hug at the end of the round. I was like, that's that's what is cool about the PGA, I think. Stories like that and this whole, like, live PGA rivalry is just, it's gotten kind of oogie. And so it was really cool to have a feel-good story like like that, and I, I think I go Michael Block. Plus, I think there's a, a larger percentage chance that uh, after we hang out, he'd invite me to go golfing. With <laughs> yeah, maybe. Real quick though, I, um, I don't know if I've shared the story here before, but I covered the tournament on Maui, the Tournament of Champions, at the beginning of the year, and I asked the people like, who was the most surprising person to join Live? 
and it was unanimous. It was Brooks Kepka. Like, nobody thought that he would join Liv. And so I'm just kind of wondering now that he's back in full form, now that he's competing and winning a major, and the PGA has kind of changed its format where it's playing for some big money every week. Do you think he's wondering at all if maybe he wishes he was still on the PGA Tour? It wouldn't, yeah. su- it wouldn't surprise me. Well, things are looking kind of hairy on that Liv side, right? You have a bunch of those golfers that have pulled out of that lawsuit against the PGA, right? And now they're looking at maybe trying to get out of their contracts with Liv could be like a very yeah. difficult and costly thing. Good like, luck with that. Yeah, like they signed they signed like parts of their souls over to that thing. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. The, the Liv Tour might not live up to their <laughs> expectations. I just thought of that just now. All right. But that uh, is why you were the <laughs> <laughs> Next up, would you rather, speaking of golf, play golf every day for the rest of your life or have relations with your significant other every day for the rest of your life? Can't, <laughs> what, you can't do that to me. What are you talking totally, about? Totally, I would way rather be with my wife every single day. Of course, I would do that. Duh. Nah, I might play some golf. <laughs> Why are you winking at me? Yeah, yeah, why, exactly. why are your fingers crossed? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boy, I'm starting to sweat in here a little bit. <laughs> of course my wife, Okay, obviously. okay, all right. Pretend she's not listening, because she's really not listening. What, what time's the tea time there's tomorrow? A, what course are we playing tomorrow? <laughs> there's absolutely no way she's listening. No. Um, yeah, no, it's golf, man. See you well, at the we course. S- we stopped playing the BTS music, so yes, there's no way she's listening on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be golf, though. That's got to be the answer, right? Uh, For all men everywhere out there, it's got to be golf. Every single day. Yeah, you're right. It's golf. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because the other thing seems so tiring. I know, seriously. <laughs> Plus, I'd still have the rest. Of, I'd still have another twenty-three hours and fifty-seven minutes to do with my day. What would I? Wouldn't even know what to do. <laughs> I get bored. Oh, you're doing it twice a day. Oh, I get it. Okay. Um, all right. What's next? Would you rather watch Kyle Lowry play basketball or gouge your eyes out with a spoon? That's right. Oh. Miami Heat's Kyle Lowry. He's a tough watch on the basketball court. He is a tough watch, and I had to look it up. He, uh, last year, he signed a three-year, $85 million contract. He's going to make $29.6 million next year to basically run around and do cartwheels <laughs> and flops on the ground. So, uh, hey, man, good living for him, but... uh I'm not gouging my eyeballs out. Come on, I'll I'll suffer through. I can suffer through a little bit if it means I get to watch Jimmy Butler and the rest of the game. But the fact that you even have to think about it, like I would at least think about it. I'd be like holding the spoon in one hand and like watching <laughs> clips of Kyle Lowry, like oh, this is a tough one. Uh, just because you're right, like all the head bobbing, all the flopping, and hey, look, I'm not trying to knock him as like an established NBA player. He's made quite the the comeback, I should say, as well in his career narrative. Uh, he has been fortunate to find himself somehow next to these guys who are going like out of body and into orbit in their basketball careers like he was with Kawhi that one year in Toronto that was a random year here he is with Jimmy Butler who now all of a sudden people think is Michael Jordan's son because he's playing so good Um, and so yeah you know he's benefited from that but yeah I think that's the one thing I'm a little bit concerned about if we do see the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat in the finals is between Jokic and between Kyle Lowry and you could throw Jimmy Butler in there there's going to be a whole lot of head bobbing there's going to be a whole lot of arms flailing it'll be a combination of like a bobblehead doll and those like inflatable uh, body guys that are outside of most car dealerships like it's going to be kind of crazy and Kyle Lowry leads the campaign on that I just love, love, love the fact that you're seriously considering maybe gouging your eye out because you can't stand someone watching, watch someone flop. 
and yet you're Mr. LeBron James cheerleader number one, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> flopper on the planet. When he does it, I got no problem with that. But when everyone else does it, I want to gouge my eye out with a spoon. Oh my god! Unbelievable. LeBron lady. James flopping. Unbelievable. LeBron James flopping. Two hundred and sixty pounds, and he's flopping to five nine points. Well, he's got to do something to get the calls. They're not giving it to him because he's so big. Ask Shaq how that goes. And um, LeBron James flopping compared to Kyle Lowry flopping is like comparing LeBron James. To Bronny James, except the other way around. I didn't do that right. Pot, meat, kettle. That's all I got to <laughs> say. Come on. Come on. All right. Uh, would you rather take a commercial break right now or uh, not take a commercial break right now? I think now? we should take a commercial all break. All right. I'm agreeing with you. All right. We'll do that. On the other side, we're going to finish things up with our best and worst. All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu and being joined uh, by my special guest co-host for the day. Uh, he is uh, my buddy from the Honolulu Star Advertiser, Billy Hull. Uh, all right, Billy, so uh, it is our last segment. It is the home stretch. It is time now to get into our best and worst for the day. Do you have a best that you're bringing? I do, but I wouldn't have minded if the music just kept running. I mean, exactly. We are doing that, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I do have a best. A little bit of a shameless plug here in uh, today's Honolulu oh, Star Advertiser. You know, got to sell myself a little bit. Uh, we did the final Hawaii Grown. <laughs> wait, 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 time out. Uh, this, is, this is the situation that we're going into right now here. Billy Hall on a BTS Wednesday is like, yeah, I got a best. And you know what? It's me. <laughs> Wait, 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 it's not me. Uh, I just simply highlighted the accomplishments okay, okay. of some amazing athletes from gotcha, the state gotcha, of Hawaii. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it's in the newspaper today. We did a whole bunch of them. It's the last one. So, like, went through, I think there's probably, like, 40, 40 names or something in there. But a couple of big ones. Vahiva Aloy, a Baldwin grad, freshman at Sacramento State. Unreal. Was named the WAC Freshman of the Year this year. Then you go to the Big 12 and Cody Shojinaga uh, from Mid-Pacific, the co-freshman of the year in the Big 12. I mean, this is no joke conferences. You have Pac-12 Player of the Week being Caleb Lomavita of St. Louis. So guys everywhere doing some really good things. It's it's conference tournament week for most teams, obviously not UH. But there's a lot of big names out there. And I'm telling you, if you put together a starting lineup of all Hawaii kids right now, it would be as good. I think it would be as good in in baseball as any other sport, even football, if you took the best guys playing college football right now, I think in baseball, this team would be the most dominant in that sport. Uh, so how does, I mean, this is a very difficult question, but how do you think Rich Hill starts to, I mean, he's brought a lot of local boys into the program. He has played a lot of local boys. We have seen lineups that have been entirely local kids. How does he bring more of them, it, it, more to the degree of what you're talking about? Is that even possible? I mean, that's the billion-dollar question, right? You figure that out. You're going to be set for life. Um, I think you just you win. I think you, you you fill that place. You make playing baseball at Hawaii as cool as you can because you're not going to be able to deal with the NILs and all the facilities that these big schools have. But if you make Les Murakami Stadium the place to be every weekend there at home, you make the program fun. And, oh, by the way, you start winning, you start playing in regionals, I think that's your best shot at it. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. All right. My best is uh, so uh, Bill Connolly, ESPN uh, columnist and staff writer, uh, he came out with his top 75 all time college football quarterbacks and not one, but two Hawaii QBs are on the list. 
Colt Brennan and Timmy Chang, University of Hawaii QBs that are both uh, on the list. I don't want to spoil the whole thing. You can go check it out at ESPN.com. Uh, but Colt and Timmy both made it in the top 75. In fact, Timmy was all number time? 73. This is all time. And uh, Timmy uh, – or. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. This is all time, I believe. Is it okay? Not it's not just two thousands. Is that the list you're talking about? Is it all? Is it just the two thousands? It might be. Oh, maybe it is just the two thousands. It might be. All right, I sorry. got you. I got sorry. you. Sorry. you got I know my worst is for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. Yeah, I misread that. But you have two University of Hawaii quarterbacks that are on the list, top seventy-five, and Timmy is seventy-three in front of Matt Ryan and Teddy Bridgewater. Wow, but I don't know. How I can give too much credence to this list because who's, you can tell everyone who's number one. On the list, do you go, know? Go, go Baker for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Really? Well, Baker I mean, this Mayfield. is college. Yeah, but Baker but, Mayfield? I mean, come on, man. I mean, you Vince can't Young, count the pro. Matt Liner. I mean, there's guys out there. Tim Tebow. I mean, Tim yeah. Tebow was the man. Of the 2000s. Yeah. By the way, this is the top 75 list of the <laughs> 2000s. Yeah. Thanks for saving me on that. You're All right, what's the you. worst? I got you. Uh, my besides worst? me. Besides this. <laughs> the, besides this. <laughs> well, if, if you're your best, then I guess it only makes sense that I'm your worst. Yeah. Uh, my worst, I mean, it's just, you know, one of the guys, and I know I just repeat myself all the time, but Kyrie Irving, here we go again. He's getting on Instagram today, and he's talking about, why are all you guys talking about me? I know you all care about my free agency coming up. It's only the conference finals. <laughs> it's like, just stop talking, man. If you stop talking, then no one will be talking about you, but... Look at me, Louie, man. Look at me, Louie, with some of these guys. That was a pretty look at me, Louie thing, right? It like was. to post on social media, like, I don't know why all of you people are talking about me. Let's respect the NBA playoffs and stop talking about me. Like, everywhere I go, dinners, people are asking me about my free agency. Just stop talking and asking me about my free agency. Yeah, kind of like hinting at retirement right after you lose instead of maybe just letting the Denver Nuggets enjoy, <laughs> oh their, uh, my and enjoy their win after getting swept. How's that haterade tasting? All I, right. Oh, it tastes great. <laughs> All right, my worst is this is a little bit outside the realm of sports, but uh, I don't know. This maybe shows a little bit of uh, you know the the era in which I grew up. But uh, legendary singer Tina Turner uh, passed away at oh. uh, the age of 83, uh, and she is known as the queen of rock and roll. She is probably one of the Mount Rushmore uh, stars uh, of of modern uh, music, and uh, she is um, someone who had to endure so much in her personal life, and really was like the Beyonce before there was a Beyonce, and you have all of the these contemporary artists who absolutely uh, give it up and give the flowers and honor Tina Turner as being a significant influence on them. So I don't think we're at where we're at in modern music with some of these mega stars uh, without uh, what Tina Turner was able to do. And by the way, her career lasted over 60 years, wow. over 60 years. Can you imagine doing anything for over 60 years? Uh, besides golfing? Yeah, <laughs> Every no, day. No, no. Uh, does, uh, does she know who Tina Turner is? Uh, Liz, Liz, Stacy, do you know who Tina Turner is? Good news. Yes. All right. Des oh. Describe Tina Turner. She, uh, <laughs> she sings. Hey, <laughs> what are you trying to do to me here? <laughs> no, no, all right. That Name was... one Tina Turner song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you? What's love got to do? Got to I don't do wanna, with it. I'm not talking anymore. All right, sorry. Ever. No, you know that embarrasses us way more than it embarrasses you, Liz. I don't know why. Like she's always like, I can't believe you exposed me like that on the radio. It's like you're exposing us for being the old guys with with like you know these these young generation people who don't even know who our heroes were. You know. 
did you guys just hear me sing on air? I think, yeah. I, just did. Yeah. I think we should probably we, uh, go. We tried to ignore it as much as possible. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us. Big thanks once again to Billy Hall. Uh, we finished this show with a flurry. A uh, big mahalo also to uh, Jesse Nakanishi for jumping on with us, and congrats to him for being the new head coach for Hawaii Pacific University men's basketball. And thank you, Liz, for always putting us in our place. We deserve it. Uh, you don't even understand. More times than not, that's for sure. All right, uh, see you tomorrow, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day.